football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Here on Beak at Night, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. However you choose to listen, we thank you. Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez. Final hour of the show. If you want to weigh in on anything we talk about tonight, Jay Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. I almost did say the old number there. I'm telling I you. I almost did, but I didn't I didn't need to look at the number. I was like, oh nope, that's the wrong number. Oh, you, did you look at the number over there? I did not look at the number over there. I don't trust don't you. Don't need it. I don't trust you. I don't need People it. People don't trust you. For those of you that care, the, the Winnipeg Jets just drafted uh they took his name off the screen. I think it was Rutger Moriarty, I think is his name. No one cares. I I didn't even know there was a Winnipeg Jets team. Yeah, they I think it's the former Atlanta Thrashers. Oh, Atlanta had a team at one point. Yeah, Atlanta. Was, yeah, no, it's it's, it's Rucker McGrorty. I'm butchering all these guys' that was, names. That Rucker sure McGrorty. It might pronounced. be. It looks like McGrorty. Rucker McGrorty. Fourteenth overall by the Winnipeg Jets. You just yeah. said it in like three different versions. One of them's right. I, that that's not. A, one that's of probably not true. One of them's correct. Hey, this is a big thing, though. In Mon- this is it's in Montreal. Is it this is a big thing, and is like it? it's kind of like the uh, not. In, I mean, not in Kansas City, but in but it's actually funny because like they're actually doing a lot a lot of what they do in like the NBA draft, where they uh, where they like a lot of these guys will get drafted and then immediately traded to another team for like picks or other players. So it's actually really interesting that this kind of goes down the way it does in the NBA. Because you don't really see that a lot in a, a whole lot of other sports. In baseball, they pick them, and then you don't see them for like four years. Or in NFL, where they get picked, and then that's just where they're going to be uh, unless they don't pan out, and then they get moved or released. So uh, this is actually pretty interesting here, seeing them, seeing these guys get – I mean, obviously, most of these guys are going to end up in like the minor leagues anyways. Most of these guys don't. They don't start immediately. So I, I'm, I'm trying to get into soccer here. I'm at soccer, uh, trying to get into hockey here, and uh, it's 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 kind of hard. The only one, you're the only one. No, there's like I understand there's why it's hard. Specs into it and uh, Binks into it. I don't know anyone else here. Cats, cat, cat, yeah, cats, yeah. He's he's into it. Trying, I'm trying to, that's, I'm trying. To. That's it. <laughs> that's the sum. So the big news this week is the uh, conference realignment that we're starting to see again. Obviously, last year, we had the news of Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, going to the SEC. And then Dennis Dodd from CBS came out and reported that USC and UCLA were going to leave the Pac-12 and go to the Big 10. Which at this point, you got to change the name. You can't keep calling it the Big Ten, and they got like 12 or 14 teams now, and now you're adding two more. Like, you got to come up with a new name. You can't keep calling the Big Ten. 
like the Big 12 should have changed the name once they lost all those four I'm wondering teams. what the, like, we can't stay status quo with these these. No, we need, teams, we need right? some new it's names, gotta man. Change. You can't keep calling. Like, that's why it's like it was great with, like, the SEC because they never put a name on it. It was just the SEC. Like, come up with something else, man. So we're going to come up. We're, so we're going to leave it the Big 10 with 23 different teams? Yeah, change it. At the change, end of it, yeah, that's what we're going to do? If you're going to add all these damn teams, just change the stop name. Stop putting a number to it. Yes. How about just stop putting a number to it? Yeah. Like, SEC, that's smart. Yeah. You don't have to worry about changing it. You're good. Big 10, Pac-12, Big 12, you're screwed. Yeah. And stop calling it big, too. Right. Like, you don't need to keep calling. <laughs> take big I out mean, of the name, the name man. fits. Like, the Big 12, is, it, is hasn't, it's not that big anymore. Gonna be the big They've been losing too many now. damn teams. Like, you can't keep calling it big anymore. Like, just call it something else. Like, call it, like, the Pac-12, if, you know, if they lose a bunch of teams here, if there's, like, a mass exodus. Just call it the Pacific Conference. Just call it that. Don't don't put a number on it. You can call the the Big Ten the the Northern Conference. You know, like just do that. We don't need to have the the numbers on it anymore because the numbers change so much. But I do not like conference realignment. I talked about this last year about how I was kind of sad about all the changes that had happened to the big to the Big Twelve. Because I grew up watching Big 12 football and loving it. I was such a big fan. We, we had so much great football in the Big 12 back when back in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like the Big 12 was like the premier conference for football. You had so many great teams during that time period in the Big 12. Like K-State was great back then. Nebraska was great back then. Like Oklahoma was great back then. Like, all of these teams in the same conference. Then you had the emergence of Texas. You had the emergence of Texas Tech for a a tiny amount of time. You know, Mizzou had their time where they were ranked number one in the country. You had a time where even Kansas was a a great football school for a short amount of time. Why do you have to say it? Because they're terrible now. Because they're absolutely horrendous now. It is their embarrassment to college football now. But at one point... There's, there's probably like Gen Zers that will that are shocked by worst. this notion that at one point Kansas was actually great at football. At one point, KU and Mizzou played number one and number two in the the border war game. Like at one point that happened, and it, it's it's things like that where you have all of these great teams in this conference battling it out for supremacy. It was awesome to watch. I loved watching um, uh, Eric Crouch play at Nebraska. I loved watching Darren Sproles play at uh, at Kansas State. I loved Dante Hall at Texas A&M. There was so much talent in that conference. And since then, conference realignment has absolutely ruined it. Like, now they're not going to have OU in Texas, which uh, real is, I mean, that's, if not for the, potential of them getting up to six teams from the Pac-12, it would be a death sentence for that conference. It is so hard to watch a, a conference that I grew up loving just completely fall apart. So I, I it, it's, it's nice to see the Big 12 go out there and get uh, these other teams, but at the same time, that means the Pac-12 now is going to fall apart. Conference realignment sucks. It's not good. And the the thing about it that I think is kind of funny a little bit is like none of these coaches 
with these programs are coming out and saying this is bad for the program. Like you're hearing all these coaches come out and complain about NIL deals or players getting paid in general. We've heard coaches over the years say that players shouldn't get paid. Player, it's gonna it's gonna ruin the game. It's gonna ruin the sport. You know, these players aren't gonna aren't gonna think about the university. They're just gonna think about themselves, et cetera, et cetera. And you got guys like Nick Saban and Dabble Sweeney complaining about it now that it's a, a big thing. You got Nick Saban saying that oh, Jimbo Fisher bought his 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 number one recruiting class. He's complaining about Deion Sanders going out there and, and stealing a five star recruit from him in the in the last recruiting class. You've got all these guys at the very cry top, compl- crybaby, yeah, exactly, cry just complaining about this stuff. But you know what they'll never complain about is the thing that's really hurting college sports, which is all this realignment. All of these teams shifting around and ruining the rivalries and traditions that exist in the sport. Right? Are you saying they, they don't care about that? You're saying they, they don't care about the, the student the coaches, athletes? The coaches don't. They, they, they don't care about tradition? <laughs> they, don't. they don't care about the fans and yeah, what, no. what they want? But they okay. sell it to us like they do. Okay. And that's the yeah. hypocritical part about this. And it's the thing that sucks, man. It's like the, the thing that they defended uh, in, in regards to their, their refusing to pay these players. They use the defense of tradition. Of, of amateurism, of the pageantry. They used all those things to defend that institution. But then once these players, once these players start getting money, they complain about that and won't complain about the changes of teams and going to different conferences, which to me hurts the game a hell of a lot more. Like I, I, I talked about this a couple hours ago. Y'all, some of y'all KU fans got mad. But y'all know damn well that if Kansas State were to play in a different conference than y'all, y'all would miss them. That's you, not true. You can That's say that true. all you want. That is not true. But y'all were saying the same thing when Mizzou it, no. left. No, when it's Mizzou not the same. left the Big 12, y'all said the, same, the same thing. And it's not the exact same thing because Mizzou is a hated rival and K-State is little brother. But y'all would miss your little brother. No. Y'all would miss your little brother if he wasn't there. Look, listen here. Y'all would miss your little brother if you were if they weren't there. Look at look it's survival of the fittest right now. (laughs) It is it is mean up in these streets right now. It is eat or be eaten. So (laughs) we get that invite from the Big Ten or the SEC. You think we're gonna turn that down because K State didn't get invited? You think that's gonna be the case for Arizona when Arizona State doesn't get invited? The school won't care. The fans will the fans, the fans care, care either. The they fans absolutely will not care. Maybe not initially. Oregon's going to say no because Oregon State is not invited. No, not initially. Washington or Washington State. No one. No. Wait, wait it a few years later. In these streets right now, because that's what happened. That's what y'all were saying with Mizzou Get in too. Where you fit in? That's what y'all were saying with Mizzou that, too, man. When Mizzou pieced out for the SEC, y'all were like, "Good riddance." That sucked. No, it sucked. Y'all were like, we good didn't riddance. want them to go. I, I, a hundred percent agree with that. Y'all were like, good riddance. We don't need y'all. And now we don't there's need no passion y'all. to the rivalry. Like it, it's, it's a fun thing now, I guess that we play them. It can, it can but there's built. no, there's no bite to it. Yeah, because they, you don't play in one, football they're, they're and they're Mizzou sucks at basketball. Yeah, one they're terrible. <laughs> it, was like, it, just, like a, it was like a forty point victory y'all had over yeah, Mizzou. There's, there's not. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, it was, it was not a competitive game. I remember looking at the score after the game. It's like, good thing I didn't watch that. But like. We all know that that rivalry would be reignited if Mizzou pulled off an upset at Faroe this coming year. 
if Mizzou pulls off the upset, y'all know damn well it's on again. Like y'all, y'all not feeling it right now because y'all played again for the first time in like a decade and y'all went out there and just beat the pants off of them. But if Mizzou got a win over Kansas, it'd be huge. The rivalry is back on. And every everything that we felt a decade ago is gonna resurface again. And you know exact you know that's true, hundred percent true. I think y'all would feel the same way if Kansas State were gone. Uh, I think y'all would I don't agree with that. I think, and Kansas fans won't agree with that now, but they thought the exact same thing about Mizzou when Mizzou left. When they left for the SEC, y'all were like, good riddance. Y'all That's pouted. not true. Yes, it's 100% is true. I mean, as a KU fan, we wanted true. them to stay, not for the betterment of the conference, but for the rivalry. No, y'all wanted the conference. Y'all cared more about the conference. It was not about the rivalry. It was. Yeah, I heard so many was. KU fans, we don't need y'all anyways. People were calling in here, we don't need them anyways. All that a mess. Well, heard it. I mean, a hundred percent. Y'all were like, we don't need y'all. A hundred percent. And then, like two years later, when you were your biggest rivals were Kansas State and Wichita State, you were like, oh man, it's I wish we had Mizzou either. again. I wish we yeah. had Mizzou again. We we wanted them here from a rivalry standpoint. Yes. Did the conference absolutely need them? No. No. I, 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 and I agree with that. I, and I. Look, if you, they wanted to go to the SEC and then become irrelevant, which is what's happening. I don't know. Football program, it looks to be trending up. They look decent, but they're always going to be bottom tier in the SEC. Again, it's all about the money. I, for, As a KU fan, I did care about the rivalry. From a conference standpoint, whatever. They're traitors. I mean... I feel like that's the way yeah. most KU fans felt. Uh, I, like I said, I, I think they very much miss that rivalry. But if that team leaves the conference, there's no guarantee the rivalry stays. Well, there's not. There's Once they left the conference, there was there was no rivalry. One, it one was, because it was, KU refused to play. Yes, they refused Two, to play. Because it's just doesn't ha- it doesn't have the same luster when you're in conference and you're playing once or twice a year and sometimes three and, and those wins and losses matter. Right. And, and you're, you're, it just, it's just different when you're just playing for the fun of it. Who the hell cares, man? Who the hell cares? And that's why it's, it's why conference realignment is not good for the game because at the end of the day, college sports, most of these games don't matter. Because there's so much BS that happens there, especially in college football, where it's basically a, a beauty contest. You know, like most of those games don't matter. If the committee doesn't think you're good enough to be in the top four, you're not going to make it into the into the playoff. So that's why these games matter. Like that's the reason why you have all these trophy games between teams because that's probably going to be the most meaningful game they play that year, unless they make it to the conference championship game. Or they make it to the the playoff or, you know, before then the BCS bowl games. Like, that was going to be so meaningful for them. They had to win those rivalry games because that was really all they had for the most part. Now, with all this conference realignment, a lot of these teams aren't playing each other or not playing each other as consistently as they were as they were before. That's not good for the game, especially when you're trying to tell us pageantry, tradition, all that stuff matters. But then you take that away because you're chasing money. It's not good for college football. It's not good for college basketball. And, you know, if Dennis Dodd is right, as he talked about with Carrington Harrison, we could be seeing some issues there in that sport if they take over 
and they take control of the NCAA tournament away from the uh, NCAA itself. The NCAA will not oversee football. They really never have. Um, and they run a heck of a basketball tournament. But there's one, I think, I don't know if the word is concern. If, that, if there's too much top-headiness at the top in those two conferences, SEC and Big Ten grow bigger, I think we're talking about them, you know, them taking over the tournament. Um, you know, and that there's already that discussion with the transformation committee and people ought to watch this very closely, you know, 32 automatic bids from the 32 division one conferences. That's where we get a lot of our Cinderella's. There's a big push not to give those smaller conferences automatic bids because they don't, you know, they don't put the money, uh, and they don't have the brand that the bigger schools do. So I'd watch that very closely. The NCAA tournament might be going away. Yeah, that's not good for college sports. That's not good for us as fans. Maybe it'll help the these bigger schools to make more money because they can monopolize that money and just kind of hold it between themselves. But you, the fan listening right now, that's not good for you. And I hope that enough people go out there and make their voices known that we don't let these schools ruin the institution that they have created and tried to sell us for years is built on all these things, all, all of these uh, intangibles that at the end of the day are not as important as money. Coming up next, I tell you why I think how people are talking about this Kevin Durant trade situation is way, way overblown. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. Chris Inocero, Julio Sanchez. So I want to get in back into this uh, Kevin Durant story. Very interesting story. Obviously, me being Suns fan, I'm very, very interested in what happens here. With Kevin Durant, because according to reports, it is his preferred destination, Phoenix Suns. He wants to play with Booker, according to Avery Johnson and all the insiders. So this is only interesting to you because it's interesting anyway. It's interesting anyway. That's the only reason you're bringing this (laughs) up. No, it's interesting anyway. Remember, a few weeks ago, I talked about him here on the show. I'm very interested. Are are you though? Only because, admit it, it's only because it involves the sun. Not true at all. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking. No, I thought this was going to happen earlier. Like last last week, uh, my girlfriend and a lot of our apartment friends, like they held, like they surprised me. Which I'm not a person that's surprised very often. I'm usually a, a I, I usually figure things out. I'm like, oh, okay, I know, what, I know, what, I know what the game is here. She legitimately surprised me for my birthday and. Um, I was and like part of it was because I was so preoccupied by the the news that Kevin Durant preferred to play in Phoenix. And I was like, oh man, I, I gotta I gotta keep out for this story because um 
my Phoenix Suns might be getting another great player, and we might have a pretty sure NBA championship. So I was, I was, I was preoccupied, and you know that meant that I was my mind wasn't where it should be, and I was surprised. I was surprised by this. It was a very great surprise. Um, so yeah, this has been a very interesting story for me. There are a lot of takes that have been tossed out around where he might go, doesn't even want to be traded, things like that. Kendrick Perkins was on NBA Today earlier this week, and uh, he was out there trying to be like me and hot take a little bit on the air. Here's what uh, Kendrick Perkins had to say about one, Kevin Durant, and his trade request. I, I'm just still processing the but fact why? that Perk, yeah, that the, the, the you that you don't believe that he wants to be traded. I'm just trying to imagine that conversation and what sort of happens in all of this, Kendrick. Well, I, I mean, because I, I'm looking at it even before Rudy was traded, Kevin Durant still was he still had announced already what, two or three days before Rudy was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves that he wanted out. What I'm saying is is this. I put KD in the same conversation with Giannis. If Giannis hit the market and said that he wanted to be traded, I guarantee you the Milwaukee Bucks would have got something done in two days well, because everybody would have emptied. But listen, hold on. So what I'm saying is, is when you have this caliber player – it's no way that you have this many teams out there with this many young superstars or young stars, and they're not jumping and hurry up and trying to get a deal done to land Kevin Durant. I don't care what they have to give up. But We're talking about KD, Malika. Of course, but it's not what, what they need to give up. It's what Brooklyn would want to get in return. I know, and, they, and, and what I'm saying is, if I'm the general manager and I got my chances okay. on getting Kevin Durant, I'm granting Brooklyn whatever they want. Zach, I don't, it's, it's, see, it's not adding. <laughs> it's not adding up to me. Is this Everything is not adding up Zach? to me. That's the problem. <laughs> Malika was trying her best, ma'am. I mean, she was trying to reel him in. But she was trying to, and this is the reason why I don't like watching ESPN as much as I used to. Because now they just encourage all the people to just say stupid things on the air. Yep. And we yep. say stupid things yep. on the air all the time here at 610. Everyone does in our industry. We all. Not me. Yes, you do. We all say stupid things on the air. It's just a natural part of what we do in our industry. But ESPN encourages that a lot. They push people. Hey, say something stupid on the air so we can put it on the internet and have people talk about it for yeah, two maybe, days. Maybe we, maybe we can get some traction. There's a reason yeah, why he's not uh, an, uh, an NBA GM because of yeah. takes like that. That oh, yeah. was he. Uh, and let me add this: he has been on one lately. Like, oh, between yeah. him Everything. and like the Draymond Green. Yeah, like, him and Draymond are gonna fight the next like, time they see each other. I, I was like, he is on one. It, He's he, Russell Westbrook's wife is pissed at him for him saying that he needs to be traded from the Lakers. I mean, <laughs> he's public enemy number one in the in NBA circles right now. But yeah, this guy's just saying everything. I mean, there's a reason why teams aren't lining up to trade for KD, I, and it's not just because of what Brooklyn is wanting in a trade. That's not the only reason. I think that is though. It's not. I it's I think it one hundred percent is. I think it's because Brooklyn is asking for too much, and teams are like, why would we trade our entire all of our talent to get one player. That is a piece of it. 
right? It, it's the so here's the bigger picture of it, right? That that is a a piece of the puzzle. Right, the fact that they want after the Rudy Gobert trade—that's <laughs> a ridiculous they, they, trade. But hey, want, Minnesota is willing to make the trade. I mean, so I guess, worth. they're going to want seven first-round picks and players. Yeah, like that. But and I think people would be willing to give that up if they knew they were getting a player in return that a is healthy and b they know is committed to a to their franchise. Neither of those two things. You're getting in KD. You you don't know that he's going to be healthy. I, I think the I think it's like 90 games or something like that that he's played in the last three years, something like that. Which uh, NBA season is what 60? 82. 82 is it now? Uh, and it's been, been 82 for a while. It's been like we said, we say stupid things on the radio. <laughs> but the fact that he's not been healthy, and the fact that he has a proven track record of being unreliable when it comes to being the center of attention for a franchise. Uh, how can you how can you trust that knowing that you're going to have to give that big of a haul up? That's something. It's a it's a what they're wanting is a small piece of the puzzle of a whole situation. The the problem is that teams don't want to mortgage their future on a win now guy. That's the problem. No. The and that's the reason why like because like there were reports like Stephen A. Smith reported that Thursday that the Nets want Devin Booker in return for Kevin Durant. I would love Kevin Durant to play for my Phoenix Suns. I'm not trading no damn Devin Booker. Devin Booker is like 25, 26 years old. Kevin Durant's 34. He might have like, what, three years left playing at the level he's playing at right now? If he's healthy, why would you trade your entire future? Why would you trade someone who's the most important player on your team right now for a guy who might not be healthy? Well, and that's that's another piece of the puzzle, right? Is the Like they're the, not getting, they're not get unless they get like a Donovan Mitchell, they're not, and that's only because the Utah Jazz basically are just selling everything. If you're not in that position, why would you sell all of your top players right now to go get Kevin Durant at 34 years old? Well, and the the, the landscape of, of NBA, of the NBA and how teams are constructing the rosters has changed. They are moving more towards building through the draft and building that talent up. I mean, that's the Golden State Warriors are a perfect example of that. I mean, they, they just won how many championships now in the last like, six fourth, years? It's yeah, our fourth in title last, in eight, like, years. eight years. I mean, they, but they've done that through the draft and, and you get consistent winning going that route as opposed to building a team through trades and trying to do the big three thing and doing all that. I mean, you're, you're seeing those types of moves. Those teams are falling flat. And look at teams like the Lakers who have tried to do that. And there's, there's several other examples of teams. I mean, the Lakers won a title to do though. that. They, they won a title. They though. did, but, but now where are they at? Now, that, I mean, now they they're just, irrelevant. But they still won a title though. I mean, look, they, even they if did. you're, even if you suck, like, I'll tell you that, I'll tell you this right now as a Suns fan, if the Suns suck two years from now, but the, if well, let's say three years. Let's say they win the title. They get Kevin Durant, and then they win the title this coming season. And they suck two years after that. I'm okay with that. But would you rather have four championships in eight years or one in however long and just be irrelevant? Look, I'd rather next... witness the change. I don't know how long I'm going to live, man. Something could happen to me. Uh, something could happen to me a couple years from now. I well, want to see that damn four. championship. I'll, I'll take the four. And plus, I don't, we don't know. Like, you know how, how long it is? How long it takes for a team to be that bad in order to build a team that can win long term through the draft? It's hard. The Warriors were bad for a while. I mean, they were bad for a while, and then they just hit on the right players at the right time. They hit on Steph Curry. They hit on on Klay Thompson, who nobody thought would be that good. Um, 
They hit on Draymond, who everyone said was an undersized big. There were a lot of there was a lot of luck involved with how the Warriors built that team. Like the Celtics, I think, are, are a better example, but even the Celtics took like a really lopsided trade with the Nets in order to to build a team like that with that much talent. It's really hard to build through the draft, too, because you have to like general managers don't want to wait that long because you don't know if you're going to keep your job. And on top of that, the fans get impatient at some point. The well, owners get impatient at some point. It's a it's a fine line between building through the draft and 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 getting a solid foundation and bringing in those supplemental pieces. I mean, there, I, there I, is a fine line between. I just that. think the thing is, is like in today's NBA, you need at least two stars. Yeah. But if you got to yeah. trade all your stars to get Kevin Durant, you you just have one star. A 34-year-old Kevin Durant yeah. as opposed to yeah. a mid-20s Kevin Durant. Exactly. A like, it'd be different if you were getting 29-year-old Kevin Durant, uh, you know, years ago. But you're not getting that now. You're well, you, getting a guy that's that's at the back end of his prime that's going to need to win a championship now. And most of these teams, it, like Toronto, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to trade him because you're going to have to trade Siakam and others. You know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for, like the Timberwolves would have had to trade like Carl Anthony Towns and uh, and Anthony Edwards. Like there's a lot of players you would have had to trade to go get Kevin Durant. That didn't make a whole lot of sense for them. Again, another piece to the puzzle. Coming up next, I, I, I have a question I, I, I want to ask about the Gareth Bale Situ- the Gareth Bale deal, the LAFC. And when at some point is Kansas City going to get their Gareth Bale? This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was cruising with your top down for the July. I was moving down the block. We got caught at the light out my window. I was shooting my shot. Watching fireworks in the sky In the summers we let the top down Soak up the light All I wanted was just to lock down The love of my life Nice and simple Like a midnight drive Watching fireworks in the sky I'm calling it now I'm calling it now I'm calling it now You'll find love with Back in here on Bink at Night 610 Sports Radio And the Odyssey app So I, I want to broach this question to you, Julio, since uh, you're one of the very few guys here at 610 besides me and and Kling and Rob, who has the Nutmeg Podcast on the 435 Podcast Network on the Odyssey app. Make sure you tune in every week for that. We're soccer guys here, though. And with the World Cup coming here, I want to ask the question. When at some point, like, is the World Cup going to help us get a star player that all the big markets seem to be getting besides us? Kansas City was the smallest market that got awarded a a World Cup, uh, got uh, awarded World Cup games for the 2026 World Cup. And I think it's because of the passion for the game that we have here. And last week... It was announced that Gareth Bale, Real Madrid legend, Champions League winner. I mean, he sat on the bench the whole time. But Champions League winner, uh, part of my favorite soccer team, Real Madrid, uh, is going to LAFC on a free transfer. And look, man, this he's going to be a star 
for however long he stays there. I don't think he's going to be there long. He's going to be like 33 next week, and I guarantee you he's going to be trying to go and kind of rehab his image and then go play over in Europe. If Which is he not starting old spot. in soccer. It's not, years, it's not that. It's not as old as it used to be because, like, Ronaldo's like 37, 38, still playing at Man U, and Messi's like 35, 36, and Luka Modric is like 37, and he's killing it at Madrid still. But for someone in his position, this is a great chance for him to rehab his image and then potentially go back and play in Europe if he can get another starting spot there. The problem, though, is that you see all the the clubs that get these guys are the guy are the clubs in uh, in L.A. or in New York or in Orlando. You know, uh, like Kaká was with Orlando when they moved up to the MLS and. You know, L.A. has had Zlatan, and they've had uh, they've had Beckham. Now LAFC has got has got um, Gareth Bale. New York had Thierry Henry. When at some point is there any point that we are going to be able to get a star player here in Kansas City like that? Because like the best player they got internationally was Alan Polito, and Polito has been really good, but he, when he's been healthy, but he's not the kind of player that Gareth Bale is, you know, Gareth Bale's, I mean, he might be the, I think he's the best player to ever come over from England. I mean, you could argue Zlatan too, but, Zlatan? but like Zlatan was past his prime when he came here. Like or Gareth, David Beckham. I mean, Beckham wasn't this, he wasn't, but the he, guy. but by he name, Na- name wise, a hundred percent. I agree. I'm talking about talent. Cause like Gareth Bale's going to come in and he's going to be like the best player in the MLS immediately. Like, he's going to do what Zlatan did immediately. And Zlatan is like a guy who comes off the bench a lot for Milan now. And he was like that when he first, when he went back to Milan, he was a guy that was on the bench. But he was way better than everybody, except for like maybe, like maybe Carlos Vela was the only guy you could point to and say was maybe as good as him. But Zlatan's better than Vela, I think. Like, when do we get our Gareth Bale? We won't. I, I compared the way... I compare the way the approach that sporting takes. It's very similar to the Royals. They are a small market team. They build through through drafting players or through bringing in players that have potential but aren't quite there yet. That's just they don't that's not how they build their team. That's that's not how they've historically been successful. They're having a bit of a, a down year this year, but historically speaking, they are always a good franchise. They are competitive pretty much every year, and they have a shot to get not only get into the playoffs, but be a championship contender-ish every, basically every year. Why, why would they change their approach and try and bring in a big name when what they've been doing is working? The reason why I think it, it's a good idea, A, it helps build the game more. Like they're these, not in it to build the game, though. They're in it to win games. Yeah, but you should they, they also want to build the Their game way. too. Because if they build the game, they it makes more money and it helps it helps the, the league mean, grow. Yeah, from a bigger like, perspective. MLS and, and Sporting Kansas City benefits from the league growing in popularity. Yeah. Like that's a like that's that you have to have that. That's the reason why the MLS is is helping this along and getting trying to get these players to come over here. 100% it's very important for that to happen. So um, it is vital for a team like Sporting Kansas City to have that. 
And here's the thing about it. It's really good for if Sporting Kansas City were to get a player like that because it would show that there is parity in the sport. Because the last thing you want fans to believe is that only the L.A.'s, the New York's, the Chicago's, the Miami's, the the Orlando's are going to get the big international players. You but don't want that to be the case. Do you, you just hear, so So here, here's another avenue of it, another way of thinking about it too. Did you just hear the cities that you listed off, right? It's it's hard from an international standpoint to to bring in a big name into a place like Kansas City that is a smaller, less known market. Yes, we have a tremendous fan base. We have a, we have a tremendous love for soccer, but internationally, we are not known for that. Not yet. So you're you're right. Maybe maybe being a host site for the World Cup now changes that, but that that has never been the perspective from a worldwide standpoint. Yeah, and I agree with that. And that's the reason why I really hope that this changes around. And I know Vermees talked about that when he uh, did an interview with CDOT on the drive after the Kansas City was announced as a host city for the World Cup. I think, though, that if, a, if Kansas City gets a guy like that, a big international star, uh, obviously the guy's going to be probably past his prime or back end of his prime. But if they get a guy like that to Kansas City, it would help the sport grow more than if that guy goes to L.A. or New York because at the end of the day, it shows parity. We need stars all throughout the league. That's the thing that helps the NFL. The Patrick Mahomes is not in New York. He's not in L.A. He's in Kansas City. You know, Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, not in Chicago. That helps that sport a lot because – everybody feels like they have a chance to win if they get the right player. And it sucks when that player is like, I'm not going to Kansas city. Like they got to do a better job of recruiting guys like that. And the MLS has to do a better job of getting those guys to want to come and play for these smaller cities like that, because then the league is able to grow because everyone feels like they got a chance. And I think that's good for the sport coming up next. I tell you why Logan and Jake Paul are not going anywhere anytime soon. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, Kansas City, it's Bob Fesco, and I'm here to tell you about the fantastic program called Blue KC Coaches with Character. Throughout this program, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City, the Royals and I are continuing to team up to honor local coaches who are making a difference in the Kansas City community. And the best part is you get to nominate them. This month's Blue KC Coaches with Character recipient is Susan Mayberry, the varsity softball coach at Baser Linwood High School. Even having just completed her 25th year as head softball coach at Baser Linwood, Susan's legacy continues to evolve. This past season, her team completed an undefeated regular season and finished as the Kansas Class 5A state runner-up. Her career extends far beyond the Kansas City area, however. Susan was a coach and clinician at the Olympic Softball Clinic in Georgia in 1996 and also coached softball in both Italy and Venezuela with the Venezuelan national team. She believes that establishing standards gives her student-athletes a foundation they can fall back and rely upon when times are difficult. Her teams have always been known to police themselves 
and know that hard work and determination will help them to succeed both on and off the softball field. Susan stresses the importance of living in the moment and never taking anything for granted. She knows that the level of focus and attention to detail that's required on the softball field is a direct correlation to thriving in the classroom and elsewhere as her student-athletes are preparing for life after high school. She's managed to build a strong softball foundation at Baser Linwood, but has done so with strong morals and a philosophy that has been bought into by those who join her program. She's forever grateful to the players, managers, coaches, and parents she's worked with throughout her thriving career. As a Blue KC Coaches with Character recipient, Susan Mayberry was honored at Kauffman Stadium before a Royals game in June and received four tickets to the game, along with a gift card redeemable for Kansas City Royals merchandise. If you know a coach who makes Kansas City a better place to live, work, and play, nominate them to be recognized for the Blue KC Coaches with Character program. Go online to www.cuinthemajorleagues.org slash bluekc. The Menards NHRA Nationals presented by Penn Armor is headed back to Heartland Motorsports Park in Topeka August 12th through 14th. 11,000 horsepower, 300 mile per hour racing action. Kids 12 and under are free. Get tickets at NHRA.com. Final few minutes here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app, Christian O'Sara, Julio Sanchez. So I want to talk about this before we get out tonight. So uh, the this was front page of news on ESPN. So Tyson Fury's little brother, Tommy Fury, who's supposed to fight... Jake Paul in an exhibition boxing match August 6th at Madison Square Garden, which that's huge. MSG is notoriously incredibly expensive to rent out for any event. So apparently, yeah, they clearly were planning on having a lot of people there and making a ton of money on this fight. For, For Jake Paul to go out there and fight Tyson Fury's little brother. That fight's off because Tommy Fury can't enter the country for behavioral reasons, wasn't allowed into the country. So now he's going to fight Hasim Rahman Jr. August 6th. I don't know. Apparently, he's the son of Hasim Rahman Sr. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. But this dude's 12-1 and and just got TKO'd in his last fight for his first loss of his professional career. So. That means nothing to me. Yeah. So he's fighting nobody. But, I mean, he's, I mean, you know, he's done a lot like of he that. usually does. He's done a lot of that. That's, that's yeah. I mean, he did fight Tyron Woodley in his last that fight, but Woodley's well. an MMA fighter, not a boxer. And he's a ground-and-pound guy. He's not a boxer. So, but people hate the Paul brothers. And I. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. I, and I agree with that. I hate them too. But there is a reason why these guys are front-page news on ESPN when a fight gets canceled and then rebooked with a new fighter. Even though these guys are fighting like exhibition fights against nobodies. Or like in the case of like Logan Paul, he did a exhibition match with Floyd Mayweather Jr. and got knocked out and then Floyd was like, nah, nah, I'm not done with you. And he kept him up and then just kept hitting him. Because these guys are characters. And in sports, you need to have superstar characters. In order to go out and make money. There's a reason why boxing. Like boxing's not dying. 
Like, it's just devoid of superstar characters. If you remember the older days of boxing, it was full of characters. It was full of guys who not only were great in the ring, but were also great on the microphone. They hyped up their fights. And they had the right people around them hyping up their fights, too. That's the thing that sucks about boxing today is like everybody wants to be humble and everybody wants to be nice and be respectable. We need guys that will talk trash on the air that will go out there and say something about somebody else's mama like that. That's going to sell fights. And that is the, that's what the Paul brothers are willing to do. They got a big following on the internet from YouTube and they fought a bunch of nobodies in their boxing matches. And look what's happened. They're making a lot of money because they can sell fights. That's why the Paul brothers are great. That's why they're making a ton of money. They're not great. They're not, they're not great boxers. They're terrible boxers. But that's why they're they're not making so anybody. much money. <laughs> Thank you to Julio Sanchez for doing all the hard work. Thank you to you, the listener, for taking time out of your Thursday evening to listen to us. My name is Christian Ocero, and this was Bink at Night here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. And everything is all